Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur looking to take your business skills to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and transformed. And now, your host, LZ Flinnard. Can I get a oh yeah? What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to episode 68 of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we inspire, motivate, and educate business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. In this episode, I talk with Dan Paulson of Envision Development International. Dan is an accomplished speaker, author, facilitator, and coach. We talk about how Dan made his transition from corporate America to running his own successful business. He walks us through how he positioned himself to make the big leap and how passion is not always the best thing to pursue. We chat about how he used luck, stupidity, blind ambition, failure, and tenacity to get where he is today. All right, let's dig in. All right, Dan, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Awesome, awesome. So first of all, let me say thank you. Um, The listeners don't know this, but I am actually sitting in my car I pride myself on Enterprise Now podcast being extremely mobile. So I am in my car. It is a sunny October day and it's about 70-ish degrees. So it's, it's, it's nice out. And so I'm kind of enjoying just the atmosphere of being mobile and kind of being casual and laid back. You should be out on a park bench, actually, shouldn't you? I know, but I don't know if I want the car noise (laughs) and all that, that stuff. So exactly. Um, so. First of all, thank you so much for for being on the show. I am um, I'm super excited to uh, to learn from you and to get what we call golden nuggets from your um, from your life, your business, and your experience. And um, since you've listened to the show before, you know what I'm about to ask you, but I have to ask you anyway. So tell us about yourself. And when I say that, feel free to go all the way back to the day you were born, <laughs> or start more current day. Tell us about yourself. Okay. Uh, well, the day I was born, uh, it was such a great day that they actually launched a rocket to the moon. Nice. Um, so that'll that'll date me a little bit here. So uh, back in 1969, that's that's uh, when it all started. Um, Wisconsin native, born and bred, and uh, have lived in the state my entire life. Started out working on a, or I grew up on a dairy farm. And decided that's not what I wanted to spend my life doing. So then I went to college and uh, through various career jumps, or I should say uh, uh, education jumps in college, finally graduated with a degree in business. And when I left college, not really knowing what I wanted to do with this business degree, I, I went to work at a, a couple different businesses. Um, some of them 
many people in the Midwest would be familiar with, Menards and Land's End. And each year had kind of a, or each stint had about a four-year tour of duty, and then realized that uh, during my last stint, I didn't want to work in corporate America anymore. I had kind of grown tired of it and and didn't like playing corporate politics. That wasn't my thing. I, I tended to say what I thought, and as those who are in, in uh in business know that sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes not. Um, but just realized that there was more I could do on my own. And I always kind of want to start my own thing, but didn't know what to do. And and uh, through uh, a merger acquisition with the large company I was working with at the time, it, it helped me kind of solidify that there were things I could do to help other businesses structure their companies in ways that would run better because I'm a strong believer that every business out there has an opportunity to succeed. It's just, do they have the right tools in place and do they have the right people in place to make it all happen? And, and that's what led to me launching Envision uh, back in 2005. And I've been doing that ever since. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now in your, uh, your answer there, you mentioned corporate America. We, what's funny is we, uh, I did an interview, uh, the, actually the current, the last week, um, a few weeks ago about, um, entrepreneurship and what that mm, means yeah. and how to kind of apply some of the entrepreneurial mindsets in a corporate America environment. So let's dig a little bit deeper into that, uh, the reasons why corporate America, you know, wasn't for you, how you identified that and kind of the steps you took to move from that environment to what you're doing now? Uh, I mean, there were mainly two reasons. It was corporate politics and bureaucracy. So it was seeing what needed to be done, but realizing that I had limited control over actually changing the direction uh, of the organization at that level. The, the, the con control I had was limited to the scope of, of people around me and, and my department. And, and sometimes I needed a bigger focus or, 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 you know, somebody to come in from another direction to also assist with that. Um, so that was one issue. And, and then just the corporate politics thing. Um, I, I'm not a good brown noser. I actually really <laughs> suck at it, um, which is why I tell people I'm gainfully unemployable because I've been doing this so long. Um, I wouldn't know what to do if I actually had to behave nice. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it really got to be difficult when and it's not saying anything cruel or anything like that. But when there's a hierarchy or a way to get things done and that usually didn't involve your skill set it involved how long you knew your boss or you know were your high school friends with your boss and and that led to people being put in positions that they were not capable of handling i'm sure you've heard of the peter principle um i've worked with a number of people that have peter principled themselves over their capacity of, of ability to do what they were doing and and when you start realizing that you know there's many good things about corporate america don't get me wrong if you work in corporate america that's wonderful um understand though the games that that have to be played when you have a large group of people you need systems you need process and and the bigger the organization is the more systems and process get put in place and eventually though they can kind of implode on themselves, if you will. Uh, and that's where the bureaucracy comes in. So it, it's it's always a challenge. And even when I'm working with companies, because I work with companies of varying sizes from, you know, anything down to like about 10 employees all the way up to several hundred or even a thousand employees. The, the bigger the scope, the bigger the scale of the problems, but the problems are all the same. So it's figuring out how to create that entrepreneurial environment and keeping everything nimble so that as, as times change, you're able to adjust and, and, morph with those changes as well. 
So what what steps did you take when you I, I was teasing my wife the other day? I was like, there are symptoms of being an entrepreneur. And what you mentioned was one of them. When you when you yep. are not a good brown noser, when you yep. tend to speak your mind, regardless yep. of who's in the room, I would say those are one of the few symptoms to know sure. that you just might be an entrepreneur. Uh, the mm-hmm. other one we were teasing is uh, you get bored easily. That's another symptom. Yeah. It's like you might yep. be an entrepreneur if you have experienced the following symptoms so yeah what steps did you take when you when you realized you said okay this isn't for me how did you begin mm-hmm. to shift both your uh, your strategy and your mindset to prepare yourself to uh, strike out on your own uh, that's that's a great question because it, it wasn't easy um, I actually started the process going back to um, so as I mentioned, I had kind of three, four year stints in, in corporate America, two with rather large corporations, one with a smaller uh, a business. And it was in that actually second tour of duty, if you will, that I started figuring out that I wanted to do my own thing, but I really didn't know what to do. Uh, so there was a period of, I would say, about four to six years of trial and error. And trial and error meaning um, it started out in web design and marketing, and then it was professional photography, and then it was event planning and management. And um, all these things centered around what pe- what other people thought I would be good at because I was, when I was younger, I was kind of a techie. So I was always the first one with the new cutting-edge computer, the new, you know, when DVDs came out, I, I figured out was it going to be DVD or was it going to be DivX, and, you know, I was I was into all that stuff and understood all that very well. So everyone thought, well, you've got a technical background, that should be what you're doing. The problem was I couldn't figure out how to make the technical skills work well enough. In other words, my talents weren't strong enough in those areas, even though I enjoyed them, to really justify why somebody would pay me lots of money to do them. And what I really started to discover um, in my final tour of duty, the last company that I worked for, was some things that I was always really good at was listening to people, asking questions, figuring things out, figuring out complex problems and, and providing simpler solutions to those problems, uh, developing leaders. That's that's a big reason throughout even the uh, all the different careers that I had. That was the one huge strength that I had is I could take somebody that had we'll call it good bones or, you know, a diamond in the rough. And I could figure out how to get them to communicate better, to really build their leadership skills, to focus on more of a servant leadership style, uh, which many companies aspire to to have. And then how do you get those people then to to move up and, and move on in, in the organization? So that was something I was always really good at. And when I started applying those things that I was good at, and becoming passionate about those things instead of the other things that I might have been passionate about but never really as good as I needed to be at, that's where things really turned around. And I, I think Mike Rowe, if, if you're familiar with him, said it best is, you know, it's one thing to pursue your passions, but if your passions are taking you in the wrong direction, maybe you just need to get passionate about what you're good at. And, and that's kind of the turn that it took for me. And then uh, so I started working on this towards the end of of my career at the last company I was working for. And then lo and behold, they got bought out by a larger company and they did a a downsizing. Uh, About a third of the workforce went away. Well, the unfortunate part is I wasn't part of that third of the workforce that went away. I was still employed there. Uh, So I had to deal with all the changes that were going on with a a company that had just been bought out by a larger company and, and the unsurety of, you know, is everyone going to have a job? Are they going to move the location? All this other stuff. Um, after fighting through that, I realized that's that's not the end of the game that I want to be 
playing on. So I, I needed to change the field that I was playing on to, to make it more of who I was and, and less about all this other stuff. Gotcha. Now I'm going to challenge you here, Dan. Okay. Let's get a little bit more granular. What steps did you take specifically to get, specifically. To, to get out of there? Oh gosh. Um, well, I was, I, am married and, and we had children and half children. Uh, so the first step was trying to figure out how I could make money while I was doing what I was already doing. And it was fortunate enough that um, with the shift in, in the way I was working at the company I, I was working at, I had flexibility to actually start building the business I have today during the daytime. So I was um, going out and grabbing coffee and grabbing lunch with as many people that would listen to what I had to say to try and build a network of, of people around me who finally would say, yeah, either I need that or I know somebody else who needs that. And then that would lead to introductions that would start the business going. When I did finally pull the plug on, on the company I was at, I had already accumulated enough business that I knew it would carry me through the end of the year. I figured if I could get by for six months, I'll figure out the rest from there, but at least I got some momentum going and, and that's, that's what would make it work. So it was really just about working, which I was already doing pretty much working morning, noon and night to, to make things happen and to shake things up enough to where I could, I could make money doing my own thing. One of, of my guests, uh, previous guests was, was talking about low cost experimentation. And um, yes. I think I heard you mention that when you were talking about <laughs> you know, your four to six years of trial and error mm -hmm. um, and, and kind of uh, uh, being self-aware enough to know, Hey, this isn't working. Let me do something else. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that low cost experimentation and how to recognize when something isn't working and when, when to pivot. You know, that, that low cost thing, that's something I've really still got to work on because typically what I would do is I was all in. So once I, I was going to do it, it was get, get the best equipment, get everything going. So that low cost part really didn't figure out until later on in life. Uh, but it was through those trials and errors that I, I realized that, hey, you're just throwing good money after bad here. You need to really figure out what you're doing. And yeah, you're right. You need to try things in, in smaller bite-sized chunks to see if, A, you really like doing it, and B, can you make money doing it? Because you know, it, it, from a web design standpoint, I was good enough to be dangerous, but not good enough to really be great at web design. So that wasn't going to be my thing. Uh, fortunately, I was able to do a lot of this stuff while working with a business partner who, um, and that's where the event planning stuff come in. We, we were doing car shows. So a lot of things I got to try through the event management and sales for the car shows we were doing that I realized what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. And, and it was through that process that I kind of uncovered, okay, that's not a direction I want to go. I need to find something else. And, and then that led to, um, you know, trying the uh, leadership development and sales development side of things. And, and that's really where I excelled. One of the other concepts that we uh, talk about is understanding how to listen to the market. Because, and you know this, the market is brutal. Oh, yeah. It will tell you if it wants your product or service and it doesn't exactly. care how old you are or anything. It is brutal. So talk a little bit about that. How to, how to recognize that the market absolutely does not want what you have to offer? Well, that again is trial and error. Um, 
to what we were just talking about. How do you minimize the cost of trying a product and how do you put it in front of the right people to determine if there's a need? I, I think that's where a lot of businesses don't necessarily understand who their true client is. They try to paint with a very broad brush figuring that, well, more people in the funnel is better than fewer people in the funnel, and that's not always true. If you don't clearly know who your product is targeted for, it's really hard to then pinpoint what products or services are going to benefit that particular client. So uh, first thing that I do with, with the companies that I work with when we're, we're dealing with sales strategy or, or you know growth strategy is figure out who they want to be uh, that ideal client or as close to it as possible. And we'll pick a couple different niches that we can test market in and then figure out from there which one's going to be the better fit. Because sometimes, again, the clients we aspire or, or we want to work towards um, might not actually be the clients we're the best fit for. So everyone would love high-end clients, but at the same point, are you willing to spend the money and spend the time and deal with the sales cycle that it takes to get into that that higher end client or that large client? When sometimes, you know, maybe a mid-tier client or maybe a small company would be a, a better fit. It might not be a, as prestigious or it might not even be as big of a, a price point, but you can still generate a lot of success by working with, with those right fit companies. And then once you find what that right fit is, now start testing products and, and test products in different ways. Sometimes the product's right, but the communication's wrong. Uh, sometimes the communication's right, but the product's wrong. So you got to figure out, you know, what what's going to be the ideal fit for that client. And it goes down to what's their biggest pain point. Um, I do a lot of business to business clients. So the thing I'm always looking for is what's the pain point of that business owner or CEO that's going to get them to take action, get them to make a change. And uh, until you figure that part out, it's really hard to pinpoint which products are really going to help with that. You kind of alluded to some of it, uh, some of it in your um, your response there. But um, let's pivot a little bit and talk about your, what you do in Envision Development International. Um, you mentioned when, when you started, you mentioned kind of how you guys started and you gave us a right. little bit of hints of, of what you do. But let's talk about sure. your, your company, what you guys do. Yeah, I mean, uh, the bottom line, what I do is I help business owners get out of their own way. And what I mean by that is my ideal target is a small to medium sized company that they've been successful in their own right. They've experienced um, growth, in some cases, rapid growth. And now the business is starting to take over the lifestyle of the business owners. So, um, you know, your your podcast is all about if you're going to be an entrepreneur, that that's more of a calling than anything else because it, it's a it's a rough lifestyle you have highs and you have lows and sometimes the highs are really high and sometimes the lows are really low um, but you have to you have to really understand you know what what you're all about and and what you should be focused on as a business owner and when you're you're the you know I'll, I'll take the painter so the painter goes out and he buys a truck and he buys equipment and he starts painting houses well that's all well and good when it's one person but now that painter owns six different trucks so he has a fleet of vehicles and now he has 20 employees and he's still doing the things he was doing as a painter so i have to get him out of that mindset of being a painter into really 
being a business owner and, and, you know, the other analogies or the cliches are instead of working in your business, you need to be working on your business. My job is to get them to figure out what they need to let go in their business so they can start working on their business. And that is working with them to change those habits because bottom line is I'm, I'm half psychologist sometimes. I've got to figure out what's going on in their head and get them to let go of certain things so that they can focus on the things that are really important for what they should be doing now. Um, so in a nutshell, I am uh, I am the guy that helps them get out of their own way. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, forgive me, I don't know, remember the um, the, uh, the author, but there's a book called The E Myth Revisited, and yes. he's all about you know the technician, the entrepreneur, and the manager. Right? It's like mm-hmm. how can you be all three? You can't. It's impossible. So right. how much of what you do um, you alluded to a, l- a little bit, but how do you identify? which one that person is and and what if they are the technician what do you do then they're the business owner but <laughs> really they're the technician how do you get them to number 1 recognize that and and number 2 do the best thing for the business because once your business grows it has its own needs it has its own mm-hmm. it's its own entity now and it kind of yeah. separates from the owner now and now it's kind of its own thing how do you get the business owner to get that and to do what's best for the business? Uh, that is That can be a very difficult thing to do because I, I'm actually thinking of a client that I have right now that I, and I've been working with him for a number of years. So he, shall he keeps me nameless. around and there, he shall remain nameless. Um, I've been working with him for a number of years and I think he's finally just getting to realize that there's one thing about his business he's really good at and he loves to do. And it's not running his business. So he's starting to make that transition of, okay, for this thing to work, I need to get out of doing the day-to-day operations. I need to hand that off to somebody else so I can do this thing over here, which is where I really love to spend my time. And say probably you know less than a quarter of, of the people I work with are that way. And usually the ones that come from that, that scope of work, they come from a very finite skill set or or a finite type of business where it's just kind of a natural progression that you go from being the technician to being the person running the show and then you don't realize all the issues that come with employees and and running everything and and you kind of question yourself what the heck did you sign up for so um, if you can get them to realize that early on what it allows you to do is position people in the company to handle those areas that they they don't like or they're not good at and most of the issues come around operations management and employee issues. If they can get rid of those two things and, and get somebody else to do those, then then they can focus on the bigger picture items and, and they can also then do the things that they love about their business. Uh, in some cases, though, they can only grow the business to a certain point and for that business to kind of take a next step or take that life of its own. They really do have to get out of the way and it might be completely stepping back in their business and, and just kind of letting somebody else run the show and, and and make everything happen. And sometimes that means selling the business. Sometimes it just means completely stepping back and, and doing the things that got you there in the first place. So instead of being the painter that owns the paint truck and owns the fleet, you're just another one of the guys. You might be a little bit higher on the totem pole, but you're back doing the stuff you love. And, and meanwhile, there's somebody else that you hired in to actually run everything else. One person uh, said to me once, and it made a, a ton of sense. It's like, how do you give a hundred and ten percent, right? And 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 what we're talking about here is a shift in mindset. 
Like I can't give right. 110% of my own effort, but if I own 50% of that business and 60% of that business, then guess what? That's 110%. So it's about you shifting your mindset to, to thinking about things. Like you said, doing the things that you're good at and, and then being able to delegate or allow other people to do the things that they're good at. And, and, and in doing that, everyone's happy. Everyone's operating in their, maximum awesomeness as i call it and yes. uh, that's how things again began to flow out of that that awesome zone instead of into it and i mean it makes business fun again because that that's most of the reason why people hire me in is, is the business no longer was fun anymore or they couldn't get any enjoyment out of it. it was creating far more stress and far more headache than it was when it was in the beginning and it was exciting and even though it was a little scary they want it to be something that they actually enjoy coming into work again and the moment I can create that, I know I've done my job right. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. I remember I, in high school, I played uh, basketball. And one of the, mm-hmm. the things that the coach would say is he, he would say, OK, get out there because, you know, we, we'd done the work. We would had uh, learned the plays. We'd done the conditioning. We um, have done the, the weightlifting. We done all that stuff in preparation. And he would say, you know, get out there and have fun. Get out there and have fun. Mm-hmm. You've already prepared. You're, you know, you're trained. Your muscles are trained. You know what to do when this happens and that happens. So just get out there and have fun. So that makes a lot of sense is when your business yeah. is long, longer fun again, you really should start to reevaluate and, and, and look at things. So let's kind of transition to some, some, some golden nuggets here because I know you're full of them. So if you, if <laughs> I'm you, full had, of something. <laughs> if you had to give, advice to a person who was who was Dan all those years ago they're in that corporate environment but they are exhibiting the symptoms of an entrepreneur uh, <laughs> they get bored easily they are not very good brown nosers and etc cetera, etc cetera. what are, what's your advice to them what do they do um learn 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 uh I think the biggest mistake I made early on is that I went to college, I got a degree, and I thought I was done. And it took less than a year to realize that what college did was set me up to be able to learn in the real life. It it wasn't to set me up to say, I am this degree that I've now worked so hard for is the end-all, be-all, and and now I'm smart. Uh, What it got me to realize is that I can't rely on the degree. I needed to continue learning my entire life. And uh, in that process, make sure that I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Surround yourself with people who, um, who, and we talked about a little bit earlier, who have talents that don't mimic your own, that complement you, but don't compete with you. If you find that group of people each person brings a different viewpoint into it and it allows you to expand your viewpoint even further. So if you could, if I could go back to my 20 something self, I, I would say, go out there, explore the world, um, learn about a lot of different things and start figuring out what are the things that I, I, I don't want to say that you can be passionate about because I think passion can sometimes be misdirected. Again, it goes back to what are the things where your, your natural talents start rising to the top? And then can you get passionate about those things versus can you be passionate about something and then try and figure out if you're good at it? I think that's kind of the backwards approach. And a lot of uh, motivational books tend to lose people there is, you know, you need to be passionate about what you're doing or do things you're passionate about. But that doesn't mean you'll make money doing it. And in long term, you might not even enjoy doing it. 
um, it might lose that passion. So how do you how do you maneuver yourself around that? You find something that your talents will allow you to be good at it, and then you can grow your passion within that realm. If you had to give one of your favorite quotes that you that you live by, what would it be? Talent hits a target no one else can hit. Genius hits a target no one else can see. And that's by Arthur Schopenhauer. And to me, that that is that is an example of what I do. And what I mean by that is there, I help somebody uncover their talents, but then I have to go in and uncover what they can't see so that they can use that talent to the best of their ability. One last thing before we get out of here is if you had sure. to give an actionable tip to um, our listeners that they can implement in their businesses and in their lives today, what would that be? Question everything. Question everything. Question everything. Uh, again, it goes back into you get into your business and then you get into the weeds of your business. So you you kind of start creating a myopic point of view of, of what's working and what's not. And in that process, we start hearing a lot of the can'ts and the don'ts pop up. That won't work. That can't happen. This is how we do things. And if you are always questioning everything you do, you then are forced to question whether or not you're doing the right things. And the right things today might not be the right things tomorrow. So if you can question everything and do so effectively, that's what's going to give you the opportunity to grow in the future. Thank you so much, Dan, for being oh, on thank the you. show. I have got some great, great, great notes over here. Um, and I am going to start today with questioning everything. <laughs> That's really, really good <laughs> advice. Uh, it really is. So thank you so much for, uh, for being with us and sharing your, your knowledge and your wisdom. Oh, thank you. Enterprisers, thank you so much for your support. We would not be able to do what we do without you. So head on out to the website, enterprise-now.biz and download that three piece empowerment worksheet. That's going to get you on the right track operating in your awesome zone. So thank you guys so much. And we'll talk to you next week. Feeling stuck or overwhelmed in your business, having trouble putting ideas into action, not getting the results you want? Your business is in need of a coach, an experienced professional that motivates, provides honest feedback, and helps develop an action plan for your success. Did you know that 50% of businesses fail within the first five years? This doesn't have to be your business. You can now get all the help you need to succeed. Just visit Enterprise Now at enterprise-now.biz. Enterprise Now is a business development firm that specializes in providing business training, seminars, online training courses, and business coaching for business owners and entrepreneurs. That's enterprise-now.biz. Why wait? Take your business to the next level. We'll take your vision and your goals and deliver accountability motivation, and an action plan so you and your business will succeed. Don't become a statistic. Visit us at enterprise-now.biz. Increase profits, grow your business, and improve your business skills today. Enterprise-now.biz. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.